Here is one undeniable nugget of truth regarding hot and cold relationships. The only guarantee you have is how things are right now. Meaning, if you find yourself in the experience of a romantic relationship with extreme highs and extreme lows, that's the only guarantee that you have of what that relationship will look and feel like. You are listening to What We Should Have Learned in School. Remember in the first episode, I asked you to consider the level of sincerity in your relationship versus the intensity. In the second episode, we looked more at where feelings logically come from. And in this episode, I invite you to take a look as objectively as humanly possible at the reality of your relationship, meaning the concrete actions, behaviors that occur versus the fantasy. Because we can so easily get tricked by our minds and smooth talking or good looking partners <laughs> who keep telling us that they're, they're going to really change this time. Please give another chance. They can't live without us. Also helps to support the trick that our mind may be playing on us. Because both fantasy and reality involve a seductive mental element. And in the last episode, I referred to this, for lack of a better word, as our personal filters. The filter is why any person feels strongly about one or two people that they've dated versus everyone else. In this way, what you feel about your favorite romantic partner doesn't have so much to do with the person per se and everything to do with you and with what that person means to you, meaning the story that you've created around him or her. And that story tends to get reinforced by selective memory. Remember, that's the job of the filter. It by nature sorts things and brings certain, certain things to your attention and disregards other things. So here is a hint that your primary focus is more on the fantasy world and not so focused on the reality, on the real world. You know, if you secretly hope and believe that outside things like moving in together, getting married, or having children together are going to fundamentally improve or fix the relationship, this is a clue that you're putting more attention on fantasy and on your imagination. Because the truth of the matter is that marriage is not going to sustainably make anything better, and neither will having a child together. Now, it may provide temporary positive boosts. You know, planning a wedding can be exciting, gives a couple a focus. But this kind of outside-in focus cannot ever be the cause of real and lasting change. Now, just to clarify, when I'm talking about an outside-in focus, I'm talking about the common cultural habit of putting our attention on events, goals or objects in the hope that that those things will somehow fulfill us that they will make us permanently happy or secure in fact the biggest outside in myth in all of this is that another person is what makes us feel loved or happy acting as if love is caused or created from anything other than within ourselves is as confusing to me 
as when people say that stress comes from their job or their boss. And then they do yoga or mindful meditation to calm their mind. Those are conflicting. One is saying that an outside circumstance is causing a feeling, and the other is saying, well, it's your job to control that feeling and to de-stress it. (laughs) So which is it? It can't be both logically. It doesn't make any sense. Hang in there with me. Let's dissect that common phrase or even cliche that love comes from within. First off, what is love anyway? What am I talking about when I'm talking about love? Sometimes love can be described as a strong feeling of affection, but what are feelings fundamentally? Feelings are fundamentally made of energy. They're bursts of energy. So at the core, love is energy. And energy actually can never be given or taken away because energy isn't a tangible, solid object. We talk about love as if it is, as if love is like a piece of Tupperware that we can give to each other and then take back. But that doesn't really make sense because the building block of love is energy. And energy is what fuels you. It's what fuels me. It's what fuels life as we know it. So love could be the security of just knowing that you're alive and that you're built to experience all kinds of sensation. You're made to go on all kinds of adventures and learn all kinds of lessons. If love is energy, then love literally is a part of who we are. So when you start to think about it in this way, love being generated from within or that love comes from within starts to make sense. Because in practical terms, remember what we talked about in the last episode, the filter piece, you know, the within piece, what I'm trying to describe, perhaps not so eloquently, is the fact that being human means that all of our feelings are internally generated and experienced. And feelings are always tied to an interpretation about an event or a person. There's a great phrase that says, thought creates the world and then says I didn't do it. Now, when I hear that thought creates the world and then says I didn't do it, to me, that's not saying that, whoa, man, there's no real world out there. To me, that's not practical. For me, it means that nothing in the outside world has the power to cause our feelings, that the the brain and body just doesn't work that way. Doesn't mean things don't really happen in the world or that they're not important. It just means they don't have the power, the ability to physically and directly cause a feeling. And I'll take it a step further, even though this is very rarely talked about around the dinner table, especially if politics are involved. (laughs) There is no universal, absolute meaning in anything that happens in the world. And again, I'm not saying things don't happen. I'm just saying everything you experience is biased. You know, you take something like a tree. One person sees a tree and they see life and they treat the tree with respect and gratitude. Maybe they hug the tree, literally the term tree hugger, right? (laughs) Another person could see the tree and want to chop it down. They just see that it's getting in the way of them making money by putting up a shopping mall in its place. Now, catch yourself here. What's going on internally? What thoughts just popped up in your own mind? Because depending on what your personal thoughts are, your personal values on the matter, you're going to think one of those interpretations is right or wrong. Or perhaps you don't care either way about trees, but it's still a result of your own interpretive capacity 
Because fundamentally, just because your interpretation of things feels real, and it's done mostly unconsciously, so you don't realize that it's, it, it's being done internally, it's kind of a ridiculous thing, but <laughs> when we look to the logic of this, it makes sense. Just because your interpretation feels real and important to you, it doesn't make it absolutely so. It doesn't make it true. You know, your views are no more or less valuable or important or worthy than any other human beings on this planet. And we have to have a little bit of humility to really hear that because none of us are God, correct? So if we're all walking around with our own interpretations of reality, it's only our egos that say that our reality is better than another person's. There's no objective correctness there, if that makes sense. If your brain feels like it's starting to explode a little bit, just keep with me here. That's why I use the tree example. It's a silly example, but it points to one important universal truth of being human, that there's one world, but there's billions of realities. Every person is essentially living in a separate reality. Now stay with me. You may think that this is way too deep and, oh my gosh, what is she talking about? Stay with me. Remember, I'm not saying the world isn't real. But how each person experiences the things in the world is unique and it's different to them. Literally no one else on this planet sees the world through your eyes, through your beliefs, or through the meaning that you've made of the past experiences that you've had, not even your partner. So even if you share a lot of common views with another person, like your partner, your experience is still 100% fundamentally unique. It's impossible to duplicate. Now, why am I going down this rabbit hole? <laughs> Follow me, Alice, to Never Never Neverland. That's not correct. <laughs> Sorry, that was an analogy gone really wrong. <laughs> okay, Alice in Wonderland. Anyway, I digress. I'm sorry. The thing is, if it's true for you that you have your own unique experience of the world, then it's also true that your partner has their own unique experience of the world. And what this means is that you can never change or directly affect someone else's reality. You can't get into their circuitry. You can't get into their body or brain and take a pair of tweezers and try to say, oh no, I want you to feel this. I want you to do that. We can't do that. We act like we can sometimes, but we can't. We don't have the power to change anyone else. Now with that, free will, or at least the ability to learn new things and to have those spontaneous aha kind of light bulb moments exist within all human beings. So this does tie back to discerning between fantasy and reality. Because if you have a laundry list of things you'd like to change in the relationship or in your partner, I invite you to not place so much importance on those they're just ideas, they're hopes for the future. But this is purely imagination. It's purely thought. But thought is a tricky little devil. Thoughts always come with a certain flavor of feeling that matches the flavor of the thought. So when you think positive thoughts about your future in the relationship, it will feel real to you. And you'll have experiences in your sensations that back up these hopes. This may be one reason why they say love is blind. Who knows? How I'm trying to reel in this topic is... To tie it up with saying that we all get caught up in our own fantasies. That's human. But this can also make it really difficult to assess and face the realities that are occurring in these hot and cold relationships. Some folks I speak with, they're in these hot and cold relationships, but they're holding on because they say, look, this is how much he loves me. This is how special I am. He stopped cheating when we met. 
even though he really hasn't stopped cheating. Or, you know, he couldn't wait to settle down with me and he's never wanted that with anybody else. You see, we can sometimes use our partners as some kind of badge of honor or a badge of importance. So just be aware of that. Be aware, is your own ego at work there when it comes to why you're sticking around even though you're uncomfortable a lot of the time in the relationship? So the bottom line is that lasting change always happens from the inside out. Real change starts within a person. And I'm sorry, I'm going to say this, but sometimes a strong desire or intention to change isn't even enough to make it happen. So for me, that's where quality education comes into play about the human system. When someone is willing to explore the link between thoughts, feelings, and behavior, sometimes this can tip the scales for people, but not always. Again, really be aware of fantasy versus reality here. Because if someone says that they're going to go to therapy because they're trying to prove to you how much they love you, or perhaps you've actually given them an ultimatum, those conditions are probably going to disappoint you because it is very rare that those situations will lead to real and lasting change in another person. Take a look at this. Take a look at it wholeheartedly, as wholeheartedly as you can, and let the reality of the situation, the actual behaviors and actions taking place, be, for lack of a better metaphor, let it be fertilizer for you. So I don't know what the right answer is for you, but you do. Give yourself time for your own wisdom to truly have a chance to come through. You may get upon genuine reflection about how the human system works and genuine reflection about your relationship, you'll be kind of orienting your brain to work for you behind the scenes. And so we'll get to work on these things. And you may have these spontaneous aha moments, you know, you, you get in the shower, you're not thinking about the relationship, you're not thinking about anything. And then, oh, duh, you hit your head. Oh my gosh, why didn't I think of that? Let that guide you. Those little spurts of fresh ideas are really worth their weight in gold because we find sometimes, especially in relationships, although it's applicable to other areas of life too, we get kind of caught in habits and in routines and we get caught in reacting in a certain way. Fresh ideas offer potential and possibility. And these can be wonderful, fruitful seeds for change because you're thinking about it, you're looking at it in a way you never have before. Now, when people hear that, their next question to me is usually, okay, so how do I do it? How do I get fresh ideas? And then I give them the answer and they don't usually like the answer because those kind of life-changing eureka moments, those epiphany moments where you see something completely new and it's such a strong insight that it begins to change the way you live, those are things that can't be forced. We can't make ourselves have those thoughts. And so that's the irony of it. Now, remember regarding change as well. The take home for today, you absolutely can never change another person. You don't have the power to do so. It's not your job to fix anyone. So if it's safe to do so, and it isn't always safe, and this is something you know 
for yourself. If it's safe to leave a partner, that can sometimes be the most loving thing that you can do. Because if you're caught in a cycle of extreme highs and lows, in a cycle where one of you or perhaps both of you aren't consistently really feeling at your best, you know, you're often saying things you don't mean, you're doing things you regret, you're losing a sense of your own values, you know, giving one another real time and space. I'm not talking a couple days or a couple weeks. I'm talking genuine time without that habitual disempowering element or without those unhealthy reactions and behaviors getting in the way. That actually is an opportunity to exhibit true and unconditional love. At the end of the day, I've said this before, I'll say it again. You know what's best for you in your heart of hearts, but don't be afraid of the difficult decisions because sometimes the most difficult decisions in life bear the most fruit. They are sometimes the most important decisions we can ever make. We've been trained to think that the unknown is scary, but you can think about it anyway. Remember that filter thing, the interpretation thing? The unknown is where life surprises us in good ways too. It's not just about bad surprises in the unknown. It's kind of like the cliche saying, insanity is doing the same things over and over and expecting a different result. This is largely applicable to our romantic lives too. So whatever you decide to do, whether you decide to to stay in a hot and cold relationship or to leave or do something in between, I really encourage you to reconnect with your beacons of support, with your friends, your family, support groups or programs. And if that sounds like too much, you know, listening to this podcast is a really easy way to keep focusing on a different way of being and living in the world. And who knows, it could be planting seeds for those life-changing eureka moments as we speak. One of the things we continue to do on this show is look at the inside-out nature of life and explore how we as human beings can fundamentally be okay, have our mental health intact, feel good about ourselves, regardless of the things that happen out there, because there's going to be things that keep happening that we don't want to have happen, things that we don't like. So there's nothing to lose by clicking the subscribe button. One simple click really could make all the difference. Until next time, I'm Amy Leo. You've been listening to What We Should Have Learned in School, and I'll talk to you next time. Keep rocking.